Hi everyone, it's Vaughn, and this is Food for Thought Presents The Match Cut, the podcast where we match movie scenes and lines to the story of people's lives. So basically, we talk about our favorite movies. And today's guest is 95% sarcastic, my greatest source of meme puns that hurt, and longtime best friend. What's up, Vaughn? How's it going, Vaughn? Thank you for a wonderful intro. It's good to be here. Who are you? You're not this nice to me in real life. <laughs> What is that? What is that? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, no, we're just you know easing easy into it. You know, just I'll mm. I'll be a I'll be a the the regular jerk that I am to you soon enough. Don't worry. I didn't say that. Okay, Fahad, let's take this. <laughs> let's take this. Let's take a step back. No, um, but yeah, no, I'm glad that I finally get to interview you. We've been trying to. I've been chasing you for weeks now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, since you told me about this many many um I don't know a few days ago, but it's been it was not. It's been... <laughs> No, like it's I've been, been planning this for like two months. <laughs> All right, sure. I mean, we we can have maybe two weeks, but okay, sure. If you say so, maybe maybe I'm misremembering. Can we agree for three? <laughs> All right, I'll give you three. Yay! <laughs> okay, so speaking of which, um, major spoilers for the movie that we're talking about today, and the movie we're talking about is Fahad. It's About Time. About Time is directed by Richard Curtis, um, same director as Love Actually, correct? Yes, that's that's true. There you go. And it stars Dom... Oh, I cannot pronounce this. Domnal Gleeson? Is that how you it's, pronounce uh, it? It's uh, Donal Gleeson. I, I actually Googled because I saw his name and I was like, I have no idea how to pronounce that. So I uh, Googled a YouTube clip to uh, pronounce it properly. Apparently, it's, it's Donal Gleeson. Okay, let's try this again. Yeah. And it stars Donald Gleason as Tim and Rachel McAdams as Mary. It's a rom-com drama with a bit of a time travel twist. Tim finds out when he's 21 that he's able to time travel. And of course, shenanigans ensue whenever you have power like that. Right, Fahad? Absolutely. And like, to be honest, the greatest part of this movie for me was actually... Oh, what's his name? Uncle Desmond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncle Desmond was fantastic. Uh, you know, the, actually the, um, second or like, I think the third or fourth time I was watching that I misheard that he would like, I didn't hear that he was, um, Mary Tim's mom's brother. So obviously he doesn't have the time travel power, but I was like, I had this headcanon going where, or oh, the reason that he's so, you know, out of it. And the reason that he's, you know, so lost and doesn't pay attention is because he's time traveled so much that his mind has just completely wandered and is all over the place. Uh, and I remember I was like, I watched the movie a few times with that mindset, but he's, he's not even, you know, he's not even like a, a relative on Tim's dad's side. So he doesn't have time travel. Nope. Power, so it doesn't, doesn't work out that way. Not even, but close. It, was, it was, it was fun to, it was fun to think about <laughs> that for a few, for a few watches, you know, I was going to say like, I've only watched this movie twice now. And like the first thing I caught was, okay, so he's not, a, he's not on that side of the family. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be quite awkward if, you know, he wasn't the father. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Charlotte, like... Charlotte, who's Charlotte? Like, oh, uh, she's sitting right behind. She's like, oh, yes, of course. So lovely. So nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. 
Oh like, uh, yeah, he's 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 so wonderful. Like when you um, suggested this movie to me, I was just like, mm-hmm. oh no, is this going to be another rom com? Is he doing this to mm-hmm. me? Because you know how I feel about <laughs> rom coms. Like I used to be such yeah. a rom comaholic. Like, mm-hmm. is that the proper term? That's that sounds about right. Rom comaholic. Rom comaholic. Say that three times fast. Rom comaholic. Yeah, it's just it starts it's to starts to lose its meaning. <laughs> rom rom <laughs> rom comaholic. Wow, that is strangely difficult to say. Uh, yes. No, I, you know, I agree. Uh, I had the, you know, the same, same feelings with rom-coms where for like, there's a, there's a genre of rom-coms from like 2000 and 2010, which it seems like are the exact same formula, you know, where boy meets girl, you know, like they fall in love and then there's some fight that happens and there's some, you know, huge declaration or there's some misunderstanding in the middle. Like it just, it was so overly done and formulaic where I actually saw, I, I think it was like maybe 27 dresses or something, or it's one of the more mm-hmm. popular rom-coms again recently. And I just wanted to put my head through a wall. Like it just seemed like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe I used to enjoy this. It, it was, it was insane. But uh, you know, about time really, really isn't that it's so, it's just really charming. You know, it's so feel good. All the characters are so likable. There's nothing, there's nothing that intense really happening. It's just such a feel good movie, um, and it's it's very it's just very lovely. It's just a it's just a really nice experience. I just want to warn you, brace yourself. I've done both yeah. the positive and the negative aspects of this movie, so those questions yeah. they are gonna hit hard. <laughs> sure, I'm I'm very I'm very excited. Uh, I mean, you know, I I love this movie. I have a huge huge bias for it, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna try to defend all its shortcomings. Uh, very. <laughs> Uh, you know, very vehemently, but we'll, we'll see. Um, well, I was, tr- anyway. I was trying to look at it from like different yeah. angles at the same time. Sure, but, sure. Like truthfully, deep down, I enjoyed this yeah. movie, like on a very primal level, like just like, oh, that's funny. I, I knew that you would. You know, it's it's. Uh, I know I've I've mentioned this movie a few times. I've been trying to get you to watch it for a while, but it's. I'm sure you know, like everybody has such a long list of TV shows, and movies that they need to catch up on and watch. So I, you know, I don't blame you for it. But I, I figured. Um, you know, it's it's one of my absolute favorite movies, and this just was just a great excuse to to get you to watch it and to get you know talk about it in in detail, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like for like the next few minutes, I kind of want to geek about the the stuff that I thought was hilarious in the movie. Like, absolutely, yes. Let's let's do like that. honestly though. <clears throat> okay, so when he does the proposal, right? Like yeah, after the whole yeah. Charlotte scene. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I won't lie. I was like on the same side. I guess. Like what, during my younger sort of oh super romantic phase, Vaughn, mm-hmm. like oh man, I remember thinking, well, if I do a proposal, it's got to be big, it's got to be gigantic, or it's got to be significant. Mm-hmm. And right. now, mm-hmm. I'm definitely with Mary's character because he goes up to her after like the first mess up, he does the time mm-hmm. skip thing, and yeah. then he goes back up to her and he's just like, she's like observing him, like oh you're doing this, doing that. And he's like, okay, you want to get married? She's like, yeah. Also, thanks for uh... <laughs> thanks, thanks for not for being not so melodramatic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like literally involving a bunch of people. Like I hate other people. <laughs> <laughs> and like a, a huge coincidence, but like as soon as she said, "Can it wait till the morning?" I actually said it the exact same time as her. And all you hear from my room is me bursting into laughter because I was like, "Why does he got to do it right now?" Like I don't understand. Can we? And then I said, "Can it wait till the morning?" At the same time as her, and I just lost it. <laughs> like can it it can wait it can wait it can, it, can, it can probably wait it can probably wait but you know what? also also tim is a very like 
you know, he's he's a romantic. Like he's he's big on these big gestures and just he's very impulsive and you know, like he needs to he needs to do things this way. So I, I understand where he's coming from. He's like, no, I like there was this girl that I thought I was in love with and I just, you know, I could have been with her tonight and all I was thinking about was you. So no, this can't wait. Like I need to tell you this right now. You know? Uh like yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have my own problems with the way what is it like because i'm so so critical of Mm -hmm. um like rom-coms nowadays it's just who i am now but Mm -hmm. i won't lie i was having like this really difficult moment internally where like the first time tim and mary meet was at that blind Mm -hmm. date right and so then Mm -hmm. you you have yet to see her face so then when she leaves um the the restaurant and you finally get to Mm -hmm. see her for the first time it Mm -hmm. is killing me because i'm like that was a first like a really cute first date but mm-hmm. it was the fact that she was so awkward cute that split mm-hmm. me in half like that little she comes out of the room and then the blocking is perfect where her head's blocking the light then she trips a little bit and the light yeah. from behind her shines into your face and you're like mm-hmm. my heart <laughs> yeah you know it's it's great because rachel mcadams she's so gorgeous it's <clears throat> so tough to not make her seem like the most beautiful person ever. Which is uh, why, but like, I, why did you cast her? <laughs> she's, yeah, I think she's, uh, like, I think she's just, a, I think she's such a great actress, right? Uh, and you see her in these, like, you know, sort of rom-com roles, and you see her in, in a role like Mean Girls, and she can, you know, she can do, she can do whatever. So I think it's, it's great. Um, but I, I, you know, I like that even like her haircut was kind of very like awkward and, mm-hmm. you know, what she was wearing and everything about it. Like, I think they tried to, they, they did a really pretty good job of making her seem as like dorky and, 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 you know, that kind of awkward interaction and, and have that uh, as much as possible. Yeah. And yeah, it was, oh, it was so lovely. I, I loved their, all, all of their, all of their first meetings. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I I spent oh yeah there were multiple first meetings but I spent yeah. like mm-hmm. the first no I spent the whole movie trying to figure out is this manic pixie dream girl or is it not manic pixie dream girl because like by definition she's I... she doesn't fit the image but but personality it can it's shaky because she she has her moments where she has her agency for sure and then for the mm-hmm. most other part I'm like oh come on you you can do this I believe in you like make Rachel Adams like make it work for her make it work but. Like Loki, I still enjoyed it, even through mm-hmm. all those problems. Like it was so quirky that my heart was like, oh. yeah. I, so, so what? So what in particular did you um, think that they they made her maybe too one dimensional, or or what? What parts didn't you like about her? Character? Oh, we're gonna get there. I promise you. Okay. Like we will, oh, okay, but okay. like those, okay. all those questions are coming. But most importantly, oh, okay. like mm-hmm. horrible segue in Fahad. Tell me, yeah, what's your favorite scene, and why was it so important to you? Oh, okay. So I know, I know you, I know you, uh, I know you prepped me for this and I'm, I'm already, I'm already telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I, so I want to say, um, oh my goodness. I just, (laughs) I love the first meeting, right? And the reason I'm saying that it's cheating a little bit is because there were three first meetings, but I think that they do tie together kind of nicely. Um, you know, where I think if I if I if I genuinely have to pick like just one scene, it, it is it is the first sort of meeting, you know, when they uh, when they're interacting in uh, in the restaurant, in the Onoa restaurant. And, you know, they're they're just just talking and, and they just have such great chemistry. It's just really cute. It's just really nice. It just feels good to, to see that. 
uh, you know, when she comes out. And I love the song choice, uh, Midair by uh, Paul Buchanan. Mm-hmm. It's, I absolutely love that uh, song for the scene. And, you know, like, like many songs uh, in movies, I, like, I enjoy it in the movie. It's not, it's not, not something I'd, I'd actually listen to, but I love Ooh. it so, I just, it's I so love nice. it so much. It is really nice. Okay, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with with that particular song. Uh, when a, a song gets to sort of like there's that one um, version birth line, uh, and when songs get way too Christian, way too specifically Christian, it kind of throws me off. Or like way too specifically religious in general. You know what I mean? Like uh. I don't mind I don't mind religious symbolism in in a, in a song, but when it's when it's that specific, it's hard for me to separate it for me. Right. Well, it's because you're uh, putting and, yourself in that situation. So exactly, and I don't know if you, uh, if you notice this in the in the movie, but they 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 didn't for one they didn't have that line at any point. You know, whenever they played that song, uh, and I actually vaguely remember uh, like there was a later half of the song where that line would have been, but it was just the instrumental. Um, mm. So I just, I, you know, it's it's something I actually noticed on like the more more recent watches because I was you know I was preparing for this and I was watching it more obsessively than I normally would. <laughs> uh, but it's a wonderful song choice and just uh, such a such a lovely you know first meeting where everything kind of falls into place and it's so it's just so charming. I I really I just really enjoy that. Uh, but but to say like to all the all the first meet scenes in general, right? What I specifically really enjoyed about it was that she liked him mm-hmm. on each single meeting, right? Even the second meeting when they first met him was awkward. And it's like, oh, yeah, like your name is Mary. It's like, oh, it's because you look like my mother. And, you know, the fact that he said that all three times, I'm like, dude, why do you keep bringing up your mom? It's so weird. But I guess it's you're so making weird. it work, whatever. <laughs> like, it's, it's so it's weird. <laughs> so I was weird. cringing the whole time. Yeah, like every every time. And I'm just like, you know what? This only kind of works because of like how naturally charming you sound because of the British accent. And it's just, it's, I, I, every time picturing that scene and uh, imagining what it would sound like if it was like an American movie. And Horrible. it's just, it sounded so much more uncomfortable or like maybe like a, like a deep Southern accent or something. It's like, that's my ma's name. Like, ah, oh, that would oh. be. <laughs> oh God. I was thinking, how how could you make this sound so awful? Like, what's the worst? Anyway, uh, I just think the the British accent and the Southern accent uh, with that line reading would be on the the polar opposite ends. Um, anyway, the but, mm-hmm. sorry, I was gonna say just uh, each even the uh, second meeting when it was you know really uncomfortable that first interaction instead mm-hmm. of like going back in time right away he met up with her again and sort of charmed her and, and started talking to her. And, you know, when he left to go to the washroom and go back in time for the third time, uh, you know, she mentioned that, oh yeah, he's like, I like him. Like he's cute. And I thought that was a really like nice and charming contrast from the whole uh, Charlotte experience where he, you know, went back multiple times and it was a no every time. Right. Uh, because it further, you know, reflected the theme of like the, the time traveling, it, it doesn't actually matter because the things that are important will kind of stay the same. Interesting. Um, and that, yeah, like you can't change how people feel, right? Like it will, if you're, you know, if you're meant to be, or if you, if you guys click, it'll, it'll happen. Uh, mm. And you can sure you can change the minor things, but the, the big things you don't need to change, right? Because it'll, they'll kind of fall into place. And I think that was, that's a, that's a big theme of 
of the entire movie, right? Where, uh, you know, even at the end, he, like his dad talks to him about, oh, you know, like live each day as you would and then go back in time and then, you know, live it again with this perspective and and don't change anything. Just sort of appreciate the things as they are without having mm. to go, going, you know, without having to worry about all the happenings uh, throughout your day. Right? Okay. And I thought that, you know, I thought that those few sort of first meet scenes reflected that in a way or, or, or added that. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, if I may, I mm-hmm. like in terms of just sort of focus what I want, like how how did this scene resonate with you personally? Right. I mean, like you mm-hmm. can enjoy the scene for how charming it is and how mm-hmm. you saw it. But like, how does it how does it really make you feel? Right. Does it. Right. What kind of impact did it have on you? When I think about those scenes, and I think why this movie in general resonates with me so much is because of how obsessive I can be, right, in terms of, oh, but I, you know, overlooked this, or, oh, I made this mistake, or, you know, just sort of dwelling on the past about whatever mistakes you made or or lost opportunities, and, oh, if I could go, like, I've often fantasized about and i'm sure everybody has right about like Mm -hmm. oh if i could just go back to this moment and do this again um and i think the reason why this movie resonates with me so much is because i think when i watch it i feel this calming sense of like oh you know what it doesn't like those those tiny details don't matter as much Mm -hmm. right there's no there's no actual benefit of going back into the past and fixing every minor thing. Yeah. And I think those, you know, and that's, that's sort of how I feel about the whole movie, but I think those first scenes uh, emphasize those details in the movie. For me, like, especially what in the more, more recent rewatches, it, it really showed that like, Oh, he um, like, for example, if he, if he hadn't gone back in time to fix his, friends play thing in the first place then he wouldn't have yeah. had to re-meet mary anyway right so and and their their relationship would have like blossomed as it did anyway right so i think i think i i look at those scenes and how i guess i try to apply it to my own life is to just not obsess so much right like i i i look at that movie and i aspire to be as like comfortable and as okay in my skin as Tim is by the end of that movie, you know? Oh. So I think that's why this movie really resonates with me. That's why I come back to it so often. And we both know that's really difficult to be just okay yeah. with what you've done. Because like I think we both share that sort of trait of obsessiveness when it comes to, you know, being... I've been called detail-oriented, and I'm like, uh... It's just such a polite way to say obsessive. Well, no, I mean, I don't take it personally. I think most of the time it's a very good positive thing about me. Right. But then right. I remember I'm like, oh, I shared this with someone. Who is it again? And then you're like, hey, Vaughn, what's up? I'm like, oh, right, it's Vaughn. Right, 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 right. But, um, you know, I guess we don't like, by the way, thank you for sharing that. Because like, that's I, you know, I've never really looked at you as obsessive per se. I've always thought you've been like, I actually think of detail oriented. Right. As opposed to maybe obsessive. But then I remember you play RuneScape like that. And I'm like, all right, wait, hold on. Okay. But, you know, it (laughs) like it's true that we shouldn't be obsessing over the minor things. But, you know, I have to ask really good questions. So, Fahad, speaking of time travel and stuff, you know, oh, I just my accent came out. Trabel. But um, speaking of that, what is the cringiest shareable memory that you have? Right. 
that you would change. Cringiest shareable memory that you have that you could change. And if you can change it, how would you change it? Oh, God. Cringiest shareable <laughs> memory. That's... Take your time. Uh, I, 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 love, I love the qualifiers because, you know, there's a, there's a huge, uh, huge rage between cringiest memory and cringiest shareable memory. <laughs> that's more so for you because it's like if you genuinely don't feel comfortable sharing it then don't but if you do i mean go for it right oh god you know it's so funny the i i won't i won't go into too much detail about this but i guess i just think about i think about i have, i feel like i haven't done anything truly cringy in in quite a while but that's because you know i'm so I overthink to such a degree now, but of course, you know, high school <laughs> just silence in real person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, um, no, I think back to uh, there's just okay. So I, I in in very early years of high school, as a girl I had a crush on, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'd already confessed to her that I that I liked her and everything, and then I learned that she she's you know. She was moving away or moving to a new school or something. And this is like, again, it's not like we live super close by anyway. This was maybe she was moving an extra 20, 30 minutes away. But I remember get becoming so dramatic about it and trying to just be like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're going. Like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just it's a shame. Like, you have no idea how much I actually care about you. And like, I remember I, I was so intense about it. <laughs> and she was so uncomfortable. <laughs> So like, it's, you know, I didn't know it at the time because I was like 14, but she was so uncomfortable. And, you know, it's funny. I haven't thought about that in a really, really long time. And there's, you know, that, that, that interaction had virtually no real consequence on me, but I think just for fun, if I was going to change that, I would, why not? Right. Just, just so this person would have one less super uncomfortable interaction with guy. Oh my god. Uh, Wait, do you still talk to this person by any chance? I do not. I do not talk to this person, no. Oh man. Because we, you know, for the, the viewers and the, the people listening, it's just like we went to the same high school. I'm just thinking to we myself. Did go to like, the same. like I won't expose it, obviously, if I figure it's, it out. But yeah. at the same time, just <laughs> going back in my memories, rewinding, like, who is this girl? Like who? <laughs> but I'll tell you later. It's fine. Oh yeah, sure. Um, but but like <laughs> I guess the latter half of the question is like, so, you know, it was cringy. How would you change it? Like, what was the pivotal? What was like the one moment where you're like, I definitely shouldn't have said that. Like, that was intense. That was like, that I dropped. Was, I think I think it was maybe like whenever whenever I stopped having a crush on her. Right. I guess whenever I stop having feelings for a person, I think back to like all my interactions and go like, oh, I should just hide myself in the closet and just never talk to another human being again. It's just, <laughs> you no. were 14, man. God damn, I know, I know, buddy. <laughs> but it's still, it's still rough. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it's nice that I, I can't quite think of any. I'm sure there's like there's been plenty of uncomfortable situations. I can't think of one particularly bad in the, in a while. I think I just got better at being being aware of other people's you know feelings and reactions and you know uh, but- just reading them a little bit better, right? Yeah, because it does feel like that. Like when you're trying to remember, like, you know, I, I dig as much as I can with the words that I have. But it, like the genuine feeling is that when you're trying to remember, it's not necessarily or always a memory that you remember. It's just the feeling of cringe you get. Like, yeah, 
you, you don't necessarily remember the image, but you remember oh. that feeling like, oh. oh, I just I just I just thought of a better memory. But OK, that's Lay it on not me. share. I don't know if that's shareable. Um, it's not this you know, like guess, this. Pod- I guess it's, yeah. Uh, all right. I'll I was just going to say there was a there was a moment when we're I mean, you were there. We we're all drinking with some friends and mm-hmm. um, I may have had a. Uh, one or seven tequila oh. shots too many. Oh my god! Uh, I remember. And you know, I I may have said something inappropriate about a friend's uh, you know, <laughs> intimate romantic history in front of their respective significant other, uh, loudly, abruptly, and and uh, cheering off this this sort of certain accomplishments that perhaps their significant other may not have wanted to hear. Uh, and yeah, that was, there we go. You know what? Never mind. Th- that's the one I want to change. <laughs> Bro. Oh no. I remember that's... I was right next to you. Bro, yeah, let me that, tell you about this that... person's endeavors. Like <laughs> in one day, like, oh man, I have, yo, I'm so bad with secondhand cringe, but I, I tell you this much, like that was the one point where I thought to myself, wow, I've. I've seen my best friend fuck up many times. Like we have gone through a lot of shit. But let me yeah. tell you, when I was sitting next to you in that moment, I could feel the tension. Like the air had buttered up and I couldn't uh, breathe for a second. And I was like, wow. Do you really just say that? <laughs> that was incredible. Like that was I I'm I'm really that was definitely the dumbest thing I've said out loud. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. In, front of, in hindsight, yeah, was, just like a funny thing. It was thing. It was glorious. It was look. It was it was hilarious. Good. Uh, but so, yeah. I mean, to put an interesting spin on that question, then, like you know, I guess if I asked you, how would you change it? Well, I just wouldn't have said it, right? But I just wouldn't have said it. If you had blurted it out anyway, how do you think you could have like? How would you have how approached could I have it? Worded it uh, in or, a way or, that. Sorry, just just makes me just makes me think of um just makes me think of uh Tim and Charlotte's interaction when he sees her after the uh after the play, and it's just like oh it's your girlfriend okay it's like oh because you know like I thought that and then he just goes on and just keeps talking out of you know putting his foot and in his like mouth. you need a filter on that like because you shouldn't yeah, be then, speaking at all right now <laughs> yeah and then and then he goes back and it's just like oh you know like you don't want to say it that way because they might think you're gay <laughs> then it's just like oh but I am gay and then she does the whole jazz hands thing which i thought was super entertaining mm-hmm. uh and at, then he goes back in time that one last time and just goes like oh it's charlotte yeah yeah i it's good i don't need to interact with her i get it that's mm-hmm. i think that's how i feel i would probably you know go back in time and try to fix it and say i'm not even sure how i would fix it but i'd probably just mess it up a few more times and be like you know what i'm probably not going out that day i i think i'm feeling a little under the weather just gonna say <laughs> <laughs> just forget it because yeah. I, I i've watched it just before we did this like we're doing this recording and mm-hmm. like the exact line was like charlotte says oh tim it's you and then you know tim goes oh charlotte and then he obviously charlotte introduces <laughs> introduces tina and then who was yeah. next name rory rory is like yeah oh yeah she's gay shut up <laughs> just like <laughs> shut up i've gone through this so many times now and just stop you need to stop right now like i just you will fuck this up for me He's like, God damn it, I don't want to do this again. And you know what? Look, the like the time traveling thing is pretty easy, but just the having to go into a closet thing and, and clench your fists and what that is. Look, it's not super convenient. If you got like shot right there, you'd probably you're probably dying or something, right? Something horrible happened immediately to you. You're not like, 
I need to crawl to a closet. You know, it's it's just it's not happening. So it's it, not, it is no. it is tedious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, it's interesting that we that you brought up the Tina conversation, because that's actually mm-hmm. the next question I was going to ask you. Right. Like right. to give it some sort of context there, like there's well, I was watching. There was a sort of comparison that struck me like mm-hmm. on the second watch. Right. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like I always, like I just thought time travel like, you know, in the way that Tim was using it was sort of similar to social media, right? Like, if you look at it carefully, we sort of compile the best of the best of ourselves while skipping the mistakes that we've done along the way while while growing. I personally try not to block too much of what I post on Instagram, right? Like, so, you know, I might archive a few things, but as cringy as some of my older posts can be, I leave it there so people can see the growth, right? Right. But a lot of the times, you know, you still want to archive awkward things that have happened, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and I, like the example was Tina's, the the conversation about, you know, this is my girlfriend, Tina. And yeah. the two quotes that I was thinking about really specifically was, you know, uh, when Tim was fumbling with his words and there's a sort of mindset that comes with it, right? So he goes, a mm-hmm. oh, huge burden off my mind. Oh, I don't know why the accent came in. Huge burden off my mind. I can suddenly be confident, be a confident heterosexual again. And so you, mm-hmm. so if you say Tina is your girlfriend, people will think that you're gay, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that genuinely did bother me. And I was just like, not necessarily the fumbling, because the fumbling can be forgiven, but it's just sort mm-hmm. of the way that he kind of ran away from it too, because it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true that like um, this is a situation he was just genuinely not prepared for in any sense whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. And of course he was wrong in this situation because it's it's just sort of a lot of repressed emotions towards Charlotte. Also, kind yeah. of shifting the blame on to Charlotte's language instead of just treating it as a misunderstanding. But he does, yeah, yeah. he does learn to just leave it alone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to me, it also comes down to the fact that it can be just terribly awkward having that conversation for the first time. So. I'm wondering, do you think this would be a moment where he could learn to approach these situations as a learning experience, as in like he doesn't do the time travel thing, right? Or do you think he would just be more prone to redo it in the moment and remove the discomfort from it? I I think that judging from... Uh, like if you have... so. He has just gone this time traveling ability, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of what he's been doing with it is going back in time and fixing the awkward scenarios, which I think, you know, many people would want to do, right? So he's still kind of learning and developing at this point. Uh, so I I think that right now he kind of isn't open to any, you know, hey, let me face this awkwardness and let me learn from this from the future kind of experience. He's kind of just like, oh, I messed up here. Let me go back and fix it. Yeah. Uh, so he's just, he's just not uh, ready to take that in at this moment as, you know, as this, as the story progresses and especially by the end of the movie, he is there. Um, and, you know, I, I think, so, uh, you'll, you know, you kind of also have to understand some of these, like some of these jokes are like this movie is 2013 and yep. you know, that's not that long ago, but like some of the jokes and the humors are going to be of that time. Right. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see this kind of interaction, this kind of joke happen uh, in the, in a movie today because yeah, there's, you know, there's more nuances there and it's like, it's going to, it's going to be received very poorly. And I, you know what? It's funny. I also uh, found myself 
paying attention to that moment a lot, right? Where I'm just thinking that it it comes off like you know that he you know, just went back in time and he's kind of thinking that like, oh man, there's this, this is confusion just happened and he can't leave it alone. He like needs to verbalize it. So he's just like, oh, if you use that language, people are going to think whatever, whatever. Right. It's like, you know, he can't, it's, it's like, oh, I just had this confusion. So like, I want to talk about it. Right. Like that's how, that's how I took it. Uh, and I think that's how he was trying to, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, that's, that's how he was trying to express it. And, and, I don't know. I mean, no part of that came off as like, oh, he's like uncomfortable by like her presence or something. It's just like he he's he just has his foot in his mouth. Right. And he can't he can't stop saying, you know, the wrong thing. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely I found myself looking at that scene and, and I, I guess being uncomfortable in ways that I wasn't when I first saw the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because I was talking to uh, Chris about this earlier, because like, um, and I was just like, yo, all I could think was this movie is so product of 2013. Because Mm -hmm. like, I do remember who I was back then. And all the jokes I would make are genuinely not jokes I could make now, like not even in a remote sense, like that a lot of the vocabulary has just left me like, gone. Mm -hmm. So I like I see where you're coming from there. Because Mm -hmm. it I've if I had watched this in 2013, I would have thought it was brilliant. Like honestly and genuinely just the most brilliant thing ever. So, but looking at it now, I had so many other like genuine criticisms of it. So right. yeah, like I totally see it. I totally see where you're coming from. Um, But, you know, to sort of round back to that question, do you think though, did you think that he really learned from it though? Or do you think that, you know, it was just a, a leave this for later moment. I think that what I gauged from from that experience is I don't think he thought he really did anything wrong. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not that his his thinking is flawed. It's that he said sort of an inappropriate thing. Uh-huh. Right. Like and, and it's more that uh, he implied that he is you know, uncomfortable with like homosexuality or whatever. Like he's, it's not that, um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see this from the perspective that I saw it in like 2013, right? Like when mm. I, when I first saw that, like now I can see that, okay, I can see how that language and how that phrasing can be problematic. However, at the time I just thought, oh, you know, it's funny confusion, whatever, not a big deal. Right. And I don't think there's anything more layered to it. I, yeah, like I don't, I don't think that he looked back at that and thought, oh, you know, I shouldn't have said or done that for these reasons. I think that's something that needs to be kind of like explained to you. I'm not saying that he's beyond learning that, but I think that somebody would have had to like sit him down and express that, right? At like, least or, not in that or, time period. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I just, yeah, I think that you know, as perhaps as time progressed and you know, he's you know, become become more progressive than. Uh, he he would have maybe thought back to that situation and and really realized that oh wow that was even more uncomfortable than I realized, um, mm. but yeah I don't think in that moment he he really gained anything deeper from that like I don't think he he even thinks of himself as somebody who needs to further learn from that situation does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does. I mean, Tim himself is a product of the director and like a lot of the writers themselves too, because it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. But you can see the right. weight that Richard or Richard Curtis, right, like has mm-hmm. on how this movie is being made. And the thing is that Richard is very good for a writer in terms of like how he was able to modernize it for that specific year. And mm-hmm. I'm just it makes me wonder like if he was to make another movie, would it be a little different, right? Because the truth is, Richard himself, as good as a writer as he can be, is still very much like a, a cishet, you know, uh, white male, right? And so mm-hmm. he has that sort of privilege of view. And a lot of the problems are genuine problems where it's just like, I'm awkward with women. I'm awkward with these kind of situations. And mm-hmm. I get it from your point of view because it's just like, yeah, he is awkward and he doesn't know any better in that right. situation. And so I'm just trying to, for me personally, I'm just trying to figure out, is it like, the division of where does Richard end and where does Tim start in this writing? Cause mm-hmm. like not all of Richard's characters are the same. So I'm just like, huh, it's pretty interesting to me. Right. Yeah, no. And you know, I, I think that these topics or rather these details weren't uh, as in like the public eye at that time. Right. That's true. Uh, yep. You know, and yep. I think to, to Richard's credit, like, of course, this was part of a whole bit, but, you know, like they had a gay character introduced, you know, very casually. And there was it was literally just for the for the one bit. Right. Yeah. But it it seemed like an, it seemed like an appropriate bit or appropriate joke for the time period. Right. It didn't seem like there was like, again, you wouldn't necessarily see something like this today because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it just feels like older, whatever. It, it just doesn't land as well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's, I don't think it was like a particularly offensive joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or it's, and, and especially for the time period, I think that it was, uh, you know, that's, that's where everybody's sort of mindset was. And for, for, I think 2013, it was progressive or, or at least, you know, if not progressive, then, uh, modern i guess so to speak Mm. it is a difficult topic like i remember i did ask you like you want you want to see this question first but like it's hard to sort of like really bring up the words that you want to say but i get it like it's just like we Mm -hmm. we didn't know at the time and we are trying to learn right right Mm -hmm. but yeah like you know as you know i am seriously critical about the majority of the media i consume so Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a few more details that I wanted to talk about, but like in terms of questions, like I think like for Mary, for example, right? Mary's mm-hmm. character and personality is, you know, one that I have the most trouble attempting to grasp. Like number one, because Rachel McAdams is just like gorgeous number one. Like I totally mm-hmm. forgot how attractive she was. Yeah. Right. And so then, you know, although I have oddly enough met people like Mary in their being attractive but insecure in that personality of theirs i mm-hmm. couldn't help but sort of notice that her portrayal kind of feels inconsistent right just to me maybe right because remember i'm looking at it from my angle sure so and i i say this is an important thing because rom-com dramas or me being a rom-comaholic um have a hard time like rom-coms have a hard time catching up with you know not looking at women through that male gaze and that's really difficult because like i said before richard is a you know he's cishet white male Mm-hmm. And and of course, like he still does a good job. Of course, she's a stable of the story, but mm-hmm. it can still definitely feel like she's cut out. You know, she's cut 
out of a lot of different aspects, or he has cut out a lot of different aspects of women that tend that men tend to pick out. Right. So she's bright, cheery, acutely insecure about specific things and book smart. And to be honest, even at her worst, when her manuscript is shredded and she's still portrayed as somewhat cute during the experience, it's just like, is that really how a person would respond? Right. Or is this just like the idealization of it? So it's one of those things that kind of bothers me. So, you know, and. Another thing was like, of course, if someone likes the same thing as you, you know, the Kate Moss example, you know, you become excited. Like if someone talks about Frank Ocean, watch me geek out. It's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but however, expecting and using that as a way to automatically get someone to trust you during those first three interactions, like it kind Mm -hmm. of became increasingly problematic to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just sort of like, it's cute for what it is because it's a time travel movie and he's flustered. And I definitely acknowledge that like, cause yeah. he's time traveling in real time. So sometimes he doesn't have the time to process and rechoose those words. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that personally? Like, like, sure. he, like, yeah. So that, that like he's, he's sorry. That's the last part where he's, he's quite flustered as he's going back in time and he's kind of not thinking things through properly. Yeah, when he meets yeah, up with her yeah, at the party sure. and she's just sort of staring mm-hmm. off into the distance, right? Yeah. And so then yeah. I think my my issue with that is that, you know, for you and me, we will look at it critically and then learn from it and go, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe not do that specifically anymore or just <laughs> never do that. But mm-hmm. it can sometimes simplify how complex people really are. And then we tend to idealize it and then we'll internalize it and use it as a sort of um, one size fits all solution to approaching women and even other people. And I'm personally guilty of guilty of having done all of this, like around late high school up until maybe late university. But people change. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there are obvious movie reasons for this, you know, because it's a two hour long movie. But, you know, although aspects of Mary's character are progressive for the time this movie was made in. If you were to make any changes to the way she was portrayed or, you know, anything like that, what changes would you make? And if you choose not to make any changes, why? All right. So I I really enjoyed Mary's character. And I think part of it is because, yeah, I am, you know, I am a straight guy. So you're right. Like a lot of the way that she behaved was it like it's meant to you know attract most guys right like she was shy and awkward and what's not the beginning but when it came down to like the intimacy aspect of it she was she was quite forward and not at all awkward in that sense right like you had the uh mm-hmm. i mean i lo- i love this line in the in the movie where you know she's like oh do you want to walk me to my car and then they're walking and then she's like oh i actually you know parked in my house and <laughs> like for somebody who was you know who came off as like you know really awkward and whatnot i was like damn that's actually so smooth love like, it that's such you know it was it was great right I'm all uh, for that. and just that that sign of like okay well i'm gonna go and put on my pajamas and then you know in a minute can you want to take them off me i'm like wow that was awesome yeah absolutely uh and I, I guess, I guess in the moment I, I saw that I'm like, that's fantastic. Those lines are great, but I can also see how it's very like, yeah, male fantasy-esque. Like that's, I think, you know, I mean, who, who wouldn't be attracted to that? Uh, So I guess I can see um, what you mean by like her, her character 
being a little bit more problematic. But I, I think that none of the characters, the, the reason that I give, I guess, about time and pass for the, for things like this, is because none of the characters mm-hmm. really had any flaws, right? Like there was nothing or nothing major. Everything was, well, I mean, you had, you had, um, uh, Kit Kat, you had Tim's sister who, yeah, she had a, you know, she had a drinking problem. Um, but even that was probably like one of the more, like that was the most, you know, major serious, uh, story arc, but even that was, you know, relatively minor. You don't spend too much time of it. You don't like, you're not, you don't go through that scene and you're not, um, overly upset about it overwhelmed by it. Right. You know, um, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I, I think Barry's character in a movie where other characters are more flushed out. Mm-hmm. would be more problematic. And I think if you're comparing um, her character to perhaps, you know, more developed female characters, and of course she's going to seem a little bit like appealing to the male fantasy. But I think in the context of this movie and in relation to all the other characters, she is, she's done really well. And I think she's, she's quite likable. You know, she has just great funny lines. She's very charming and, I uh, no, I don't, I don't, know. I don't think I would change anything about it, and and I don't, I don't think that her character is, uh, like there might there might be some problems with it, but I don't think her character is necessarily problematic, right? Even, even by today's standards, I I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I think like the way her personality comes across is not problematic mm-hmm. per se, but I think it's the way they chop off certain aspects that could give her personality i guess sure. more personality uh, like right? like, I mean, like what like what i mean let's 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 put it this way how much do you really know about mary right i mean she is the second most important character arguably uh, other than the dad in this story right and so you know sort of her personality but how much do you know about her that would give her that depth right enough depth to justify apart from her charming nature that you, he would genuinely fall in love with her right I mean, apart from, I think the most notable thing being like when her family comes by and then you see sort of that backstory about her, there's nothing else, mm-hmm. right? Um, and also bringing it back to maybe the shredding, right? Like who really acts like that when a really important manuscript is shredded and stuff like that? And so then like, yeah, a lot of these are shortcuts so that the movie does flow more smoothly, but it also feels like a slight dodge, Right. But mm-hmm. I do also acknowledge that it's like a two hour long movie and it was already long enough as it was like the introducer half hour into the movie. And I'm like, yeah. you're joking, right? I'm like, holy moly, <laughs> this is nuts. But uh, yeah, you know, I forget how long it is, but sorry, continue. You know, OK, sorry. I, I, I do. I do want to go back to that for if, if I may interrupt you for a minute. I really I, I really like, yeah, you don't know that much about Mary. But again, you don't know that much about any of the characters. Like, I just don't think that I think she's more flushed out. She is the third most flushed out character, you know. Would it, would would you not would you not agree with that? Like, is there any character more? Who's 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 the third most flushed out character? I feel like I might get a little more information out of per se the actual what is it the scriptwriter, even if I don't remember his name, right? You get to know what he wants, why he wants it. You get a lot more personality out of him, uh, even if I hated his character per se, because <laughs> he's such a dick. But I feel like I like I actually know him more from his own subtle personality traits and how he demands things from people, too. So I feel like I know him better than I do Mary, but I genuinely like Mary more because of okay. like you know her charming nature. 
Okay, so I uh, see. I disagree. I I think that you're you're saying that you know what he likes more, but that's because he's sort of more abrasive. He's more like this is what I like. This is what I want. This is how I act. Right. He's when he's on the screen, he just has that stronger presence because that's his personality. Whereas mm-hmm. Mary is more subtle. She's in the background. She's you know she's polite. She's kind of nervous about. I mean, in a lot of situations, or well, in there's you know, she's meeting the parents, right? She has a couple of like, oh, I'm meeting these people for the first time, so I'm nervous, you know? She she's had so I can I can see that that's that's shown out a couple of times and you know, maybe it got repetitive, whatever. But I I would disagree with the idea that like his personality is more flushed out. I think their personality is equally flushed out, uh, if anything. I, I I'm not even sure if I would necessarily say that, but um I think you you get to know plenty about Mary. Um in terms of, you know, I, I think that what you like about her or what you, you know, their chemistry is quite, you know, it's quite good, I would say, when uh, in, in all of their, you know, all of their sort of, well, I guess their first and third date, their first and third meet, you know, when they were just sort of like talking and flirting together. I think that's where you get to know how she is. That makes sense. Um, through, through, through their interaction. I mean, I mean, in what sense? I mean, it's easy to say that, you know, if we go back to the other thing, it's easy to say that the, there's chemistry there because you've seen the actual, you know, what happened before and you understand his side of the story. But every time mm-hmm. that meeting happens for them, it's a first for her. And right. on the third one, yeah, although he's incredibly frustrated, that sort of flustered feeling of having gone to the party on such a whim, right? It's mm-hmm. part of his character to be so flustered about it, but kind of odd even for a character as kind as mary to just sort of respond to such an open like the second thing he says is oh i love kate moss uh and he just lists the exact feelings that she likes and of course yeah i mean like i said if you talk about frank ocean i'm gonna geek out like that and then you did that with you know the best friend that you were talking about instantly best friends but i think the difference in the situation is that it's a he was approaching it from a romantic point of view Mm-hmm. Right. And that can come off completely different. And those vibes are definitely different. And so it can come off kind of creepy as well. So that's why, you know, it can be charming, but you also have to look at it from that perspective. Like, how would a person who's, you know, sort of on the side of the party, you don't know if she really wants to be rescued or she doesn't like the party or not. The real genuine feeling is that she's looking off into the distance and the camera frames her as such that it looks by our conditioning to be, oh, she needs to be rescued, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he knows that, but because of his own, you know, perspective, but it can seem really creepy from her perspective because maybe she wasn't actually looking for anyone to talk to. And to me, it kind of felt like a bit of manipulation, right? And so I'm, I'm getting a little off topic on this, but like when it comes to changing Mary's character, I think a little more resistance for the sake of consistency would have really changed it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that resistance was there the second time they met. But even then, I feel like Joanna was a little too nice to let him back into the circle. It was a little too convenient for the plot. And so mm-hmm. it just that small change could have really put a lot of impact in that sense. Right. Just a little bit of resistance. Sure. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. No, I can I can see that. You're right. That's 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 a way to perhaps have a have a subtle improvement. I don't think it's necessary personally, just because. I think the whole theme of the movie is 
these guys were going to hit it off regardless anyway, right? And I think those three scenes are trying to convey that. And, you know, sure, maybe there are better ways to do it. Maybe, you know, it it's... It, well, not to say you, that they didn't, because you they definitely yeah. did. They definitely mm-hmm. did it well, yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and, and I, I think I agree, you're right, like the whole uh, Joanna thing was, like, it was convenient. It, it was convenient, and I, 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 you know, I want to comment on that second, you know, first meeting scene. I did like the idea of it. Uh, I think it could have been different. It did seem a little bit like, oh, you know, you just met this person, and he guessed your, your name. He was a little weird, and now you've kind of just <laughs> forgotten about it, and you're just rolling with it. And yeah. it kind of, it just seems, you know, Mary's just kind of like super passive in a, in a way, right? Yeah, she's just mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever, I guess I'll I'll roll with it. But I don't know. I think that's, that, that's also kind of consistent. Like, she's always, you know, even... I just feel like she was at this, like at that restaurant, you know, Onoir to begin with, because, you know, she's her, ready her friend, and she's ready to roll with it. Yeah, exactly. Because her friend probably dragged her along to it. And then, you know, when her friend was like, okay, I got a cab, let's go. You know, she obviously wants to stay and talk to him, but she's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll go with you. Like, I think that she's been, you know, not to say that she doesn't have any agency, like, but she's a passive person. She seems like somebody who's just rolls with it. And I think that's kind of why it also works that, hey, I'm into case Moss, come have dinner with me uh where she's like okay whatever like this seems like an adventure let me let me try it out mm-hmm. um so uh, i guess for me and of course i'm by i love this movie so much right so i'm gonna i'm it was genuinely hard for me to ask these questions knowing yeah that i that you love it <laughs> yeah no i i love this movie so much so I'm, I'm always gonna be looking at it from you know the best possible light um but no, I, I and, then, and again, I appreciate you, you you asking the questions that, you know, I'm not going to necessarily have an easy time answering or even agree with. But um, well, we know, love, yeah. we all know that Fahad loves a challenge, like genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, buddy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think that for the message that they were trying to convey, you know, the, the time spent that they had and the relative development of all the other supporting casts like i think that i i, I really enjoy mary's character i do think she's one of the better uh female characters especially in a rom-com like if you think think about all the like female leads in like the average like rom-com that you've viewed and just oh yeah how, for sure mary does stand uh, head over like, like just how really high yeah awful they are like yes. how unbelievably you know the yeah. human equivalent of nails on the chalkboard kind of just awful. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause I rewatched, yeah. um, sorry to interrupt. Um, I rewatched uh, my best friend's wedding mm-hmm. and I was like, Julia Roberts, you were so like interesting when I was younger to watch, but my God, your personality is so garbage in this movie. It's, Are you really trying yeah. to do that to this person? Like that, it was like, like I can't watch those rom-coms anymore. So the fact that I got through this movie does speak volumes. Like I won't yeah. lie. Yeah, no, I, I'm again, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you through, look, I wouldn't put you through something that I didn't think you would actually enjoy, right? No matter, no matter how mm-hmm. much I liked it. Uh-huh. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, don't you? Oh, no, that's for another day. <laughs> uh, okay, well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, like, not to, because you know me, I'm not really trying to, like, shit on this movie. Mm-hmm. It's more so because I, you know, the criticism itself is sort of to help the future movies go forward. And like, not to say that rom-coms are coming back, but there were like a lot of really. But yeah, there was this movie called um, The Half of It. And basically, 
you know, in terms of rom-coms, this movie really hit it off for me because I hadn't been genuinely interested in anything romantic up until that point because you could sort of see just the vibe of it that it wasn't like, it, of course, it was a meta criticism of the rom- the romance jan- gender, uh, the romance genre as it is. But wow, that was horrible. But it's also like an interesting perspective of like how your agency needs to be respected in that entire movie. And everyone, the, all three characters got so much character development that like I, I do hold other movies to that standard, but it's almost unfair because a lot of people didn't really realize that was possible back in the day. Or maybe that wasn't something that people were interested in back in the day. Probably were, but weren't as, I guess, aware of that it was possible. And so sort of thinking about that, right? Um, I think where both of those movies shine is like their use of subtext to tell other stories. And this is why I got through um, that movie, because like there was a lot of storytelling through subtext. And that's where a lot of personalities came out with other characters, too. Right. So you don't they don't tell you this, but you can read it. Right. Just the way it's filmed and everything. I mean, obviously, I still think that Mary could have gotten more because she is a little like she's on the front lines as a character. But in terms of. Sure side characters they got some good stuff right i mean like even with like uncle desmond's facial expressions were just gold like i thought that was amazing how to tell a story with that when he was so sad when sorry when he's really happy being around charlotte or mary or when he was so sad to hear about a kit kat story right Mm -hmm. and even the realization that you know tim father saying i love you and he has to deliver that back to tim during the funeral like Mm -hmm. It was really well done, like the way. Oh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, sorry, no, it's okay. Like, like it resonated with me too, and that's when, in my opinion, the story itself is the strongest. And you know, however, oh God, where do I begin with poor Kit Kat? Like it's, it's genuinely so heartbreaking to see. Like her story, you know, being told in the background of the movie feels so subtle yet obvious. The moment the car crash happens, so you know like to sort of segue into the next one. But so in regards to toxic relationships, the way Tim realizes that he shouldn't be messing with time in that regard is an interesting tug of war decision. You know, relating this to real life, when you're so concerned about your own relationships and problems and other people's relationships, toxic or not, can actually feel a lot like this subtext. It can feel a lot like Kit Kat situation when you're not really paying attention to it until it hits you, right? And there was that really good quote in that movie where it's like, worrying about the future is like, oh, what is it? Worrying about the future and then like comparing it to something completely irrelevant. Yeah, it was like solving solving algebra with... By know, chewing gum. Chewing gum. Yeah, there you go. Right. And uh, it's just, yeah. yeah. Because like you're not really paying attention until boom, car crash. Mm, yeah. So, you know, but I don't really like the way they solve the problem. You know, they sort of... And I had a discussion with like uh, with another cousin of mine earlier about mm-hmm. this. And, you know, I don't like the way they solve the problem where they stare at her for like 24 hours and mm-hmm. hoping that she'd realize yeah, that they yeah. get it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, oh, sorry, I finished your thought first. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, because yeah, it goes into it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I the my, my biggest criticism of this movie is definitely uh, that scene you know not even I, I i love what they did with kit kat like i i love all the characters in this movie i think everybody was fairly fairly well casted and, and fairly well developed and everybody's very very likable and you know you you feel you feel for kit kat because you see like tim loves her so much right away you know like they have a oh, great yeah. relationship 
and you know she she gets along with you know I love the I love the scene where she just uh, tackles Mary and is like you know <laughs> yeah. kissing her. It's just it's uh it's very you know it's just it's super sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. Um, it's funny. It's, it it makes it made, just made me think of uh, you and your cousins actually. Uh, just sort of this. <laughs> Like aggressively, you know, like this aggressive affection, aggressive um, over love. Yes, exactly. So you you really feel for her character, and when she's going through this, and just that that one scene when he's walking with her, and he says, "Hey, you know, like what's you know what's going on with you?" And she responds, "But you know, I guess I'm just the faller. You know, like every every family has that one person who's you know constantly falling, and you know just doesn't have it together." And I I felt that so deeply and that was i think Mm -hmm. probably one of my absolute favorite scenes in that in that movie and definitely one of the most uh you know emotionally stirring scenes for for me personally as well right well yeah because that's yeah i mm -hmm. think that's something that that i've personally related with right where i felt exactly oh i'm not you know doing as well as my siblings or whatever and i it's it was a it was a very uh heartfelt and, and relatable experience but you're right just that scene where they're you know they're staring at her and she's just like just verbalizes everything that's wrong with her like i have to stop drinking and i have to you know break up with uh so what was it jim yeah i have to break up with jim and i have to find somebody nice and boring like mm-hmm. just really like a list of exactly what you need to fix and just real life isn't that way at all yeah and i i thought in an otherwise uh Otherwise, a, like a, a movie that's that's dealing with all these things really, really well and has a really good message of, hey, just enjoy the day-to-day moments in your life. Like that scene... On the nose. Yeah, it's like... it It's it's so much more challenging to... Verbalize you know, it. Fix your life that way, right? And I understand that since this was a story in the background and this is already a two-hour movie, it's so... it's It's challenging to fix that i i don't think that i guess how i could have i would have personally changed it is perhaps have some sort of like montage of like them going back to that hospital scene and then her like them helping her like work her way through her life and then sort of going back and forth to see that oh she's fixed herself now but this is the moment when she decided to change you know yeah i think that I may have totally been a little bit that. better yeah that mm-hmm. may be a little bit better that would that may have been one way to to do it but um yeah, I I always find that scene kind of like I, I don't know. It's hard not to roll your eyes at that scene uh, in an otherwise movie that I absolutely love. But yeah, well, I mean, I roll my eyes at it, but I like I said, I understand the time constraints of the movie, and obviously, it could be planned out better. But it's one of those things. But I think the thing that I'm trying to get at is that you know, even though I don't like that, the subtext and the way it weaves itself into the narrative is really interesting because. Well, my interesting went really high there. Interesting. But um, so then, but, you know, to sort of, how do I put it? Like, we've talked a lo- uh, talked about this a lot, you know, being best friends and whatnot. And we've gone through a lot together and helped each other and whatnot. However, we both have our own friends and, you know, our own methods to help them group- get through problems. So that being said, you know, thinking about Kit Kat's situation and how they dealt with it you know by staring at her for 24 hours that's that's really impressive if you think about it <laughs> you know i'm not gonna lie i guess i guess if my family just stared at me for 24 hours i would i also might be do like, it too okay. yeah i'd be like damn these guys are really Intense. committed i guess <laughs> <laughs> so, am i supposed I know, to ask this question now 
and I've just genuinely admitted that that was the best solution. Period. Yeah, I mean, in, yeah, exactly. In hindsight, I I kind of forget that it was it was just it seemed like it was a day straight where they were just staring at her. It was, yeah, from night <laughs> yeah. to night, it was crazy. Yeah. But um, but, you know, apart from that sort of um relatively garbage way of approaching, you know, mm-hmm. how to deal with family and issues and toxic issues like that or toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how have you approached these kinds of relationships other than mine from different <laughs> angles? Uh, do you have a process to help people realize that their relationships are toxic or to make sure that their agency is respected at the same time too? Like, how would you go about helping Kit Kat in the situation? Or maybe you can draw upon someone in your own life and how did you help or how did you make them realize or help them realize? Right. So I... You know, whenever I get approached with any, you know, relationship problems, I think that the, the the people that I am quite close with, you know, they understand how to approach relationships and they're relatively rational, logical people. And, and very rarely, I think, in my group of friends, do I have to tell a person what they should do, right? They they already know what they need to do. It's it's more of a matter of just talking it out. Uh, it's more a matter I'm of... Currently, like, you know, they, I'm currently making baby face right now. I'm just like palming my 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 chin. I'm just like yeah, me me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so I oftentimes I find myself it in in the role of you know I need to either you know let this person be angry about whatever you know whatever fight say they they had uh, in the relationship and just let them be angry and talk it out. And I in fact I oftentimes find myself being like okay, but this is where you're seeing that others coming from, right? Like. To maybe just, uh, you know, because oftentimes when you're when you're in a fight and you're having this argument, you're not communicating in the in the best of ways, right? So things get misheard and and things get lost in translation, uh, and sometimes you just need somebody to be like, okay, well, but this is you know this is where they're coming from. This is probably their perspective, right? Um, and so I often find myself in in the role of of, of mediator. Uh, even if even if I'm just talking to my one friend, so in the cases of where I had to really say like, okay, like what you're doing right now, this is not working out. I it's if it it needs to happen in a position where you know things have gone really really far. I feel like if I was in uh if if I was in a situation where you know I was Kit Kat's brother friend whatever. I think at that point, like they're, you know, in, a, they, they just had a car spin They're They're lying in the hospital bed. Right. So the time for like nice niceties and the time for like mediation is kind of over. I would definitely be, you know, really firm and very like, you know what you need to do now. Right. Like, you know, that you can't be doing these things still. Right. Like you need to talk to somebody, you need to get help. Like I would, you know, I mean, I've, I've always been of very big advocacy, you know, advocate of uh, of therapy. I guess my my response would be just get 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 a therapist. That would help. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in terms of being firm, do you think that stare yeah. they gave them was like very firm? <laughs> I do you think mean, that twenty four hour stare was firm? Look, I think I think it was more just it's kind of like a, a a turtleneck, right? Where it was like <laughs> it was it was over a long period of time. <laughs> So just choking it, them. It, yeah, exactly. Gently, just gently choking them. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> getting choked by somebody was. That's very why I can't wear turtlenecks. No, 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 no. Tim Cook for me. 
no no steve jobs no uh yeah um i think the duration of it is what made it firm (laughs) (laughs) the 24 hour stare you know i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna be seeing that scene with a whole new perspective the 24 hour stare the 24 like 24 hours you're right that might work that might work i guess i guess if i next time i'm gonna do this if my friend's coming to me with like a a problem of this intensity i'm just gonna stare at them for like 24 24 hours, hours. You know, i'm following yeah. you home <laughs> yeah like i'm, I'm your just, best friend i yeah. have your best interest in mind and i'm gonna do this <laughs> like I'm, i gotta i gotta go to bed now like don't worry about it i'm just you know bring this chair i'm gonna be right by your bed even as you sleep still staring until you change your mind and go to therapy. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. But like, yeah, that was my problem with it too. I mean, like, I guess it was sort of like, you know, experiences with therapy. Cause I haven't, you know, I, I really want to go, but the problem is, you know, the whole pandemic is a bit of an issue. Yeah. Right. And sure. so, but it was sort of understanding and seeing other friends going to therapy and then understanding that they were going through their processes and seeing the results that they were more aware of toxic behaviors, but also aware of what in them is good. And that's why I also sort of want to do that as well. And that's why I advocate it as well. And so I was watching them stare at her for 24 hours. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all didn't have, I'm hoping in between those three shots of 24 hours that like, Y'all said something. That did you guys say anything to her? Yeah, I guess. You know, I guess you could. I mean, fill it in with like, sure, they talked. You know, a lot. And like communication. Yeah. I, to be honest, it's it's also a very like, it's also a very you know, 2013, and I guess I just want to say like mid 2000s um, romantic comedy thing where you're just sort of like, oh, if you focus at this for a while, you can have a dramatic change, and all of a sudden you're fixed. So that. You know, that's a very, it was a very common movie idea thing. And I think this movie did a pretty good job of, of staying away with many tropes. You know, I don't want to say it was trope free, but I think this is Certainly one that was, was quite not. A, yeah. I, I, but I think I, I want to say it stayed away from like the very, very cliche tropes of romantic comedies, especially from that era. I guess mm-hmm. specifically, I want to, I want to call that out, but I guess this was, this was something that, you know, they didn't, they weren't able to, to scrub out, um, uh, ultimately not a huge deal it was it was sort of like a background story and it was it was i can live with it but because mm-hmm. you yeah. know for me for me personally it's one of those things where i take stories so seriously because you can see that mm-hmm. um and i always feel like there's going to be in this kind of way or the way it was directed it, and the tone that it gives off that there's like a lesson to this because the, the whole story itself is a lesson to be like you said um you know enjoy your life as it is and just letting it happen and like just being grateful for whatever happens too so i was just hoping that 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 understanding of communication would be there as well but like communicating how you feel and not to you know not to target kit kat because she is in the sense of victim but you you are not trying to target her and make her feel bad about it you're trying to empower her to understand that she can get get out of you know get help and get out of the situation and I was hoping for it, but I'm like, we're, you know, we're a little, we're like seven years too early for this yeah. wide discussion about it. And like, fine. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. You know. This is, mm-hmm. this is, this is the kind of topic that you, if this movie was made today, you would probably see it. You know, it, it, I think this would, this would definitely would have been handled a lot better. Uh, and what's, because it, mm-hmm. it is becoming a, a common topic now, but. Oh, yeah. 
unfortunately they they weren't quite there yet you know and and unfortunately richard curtis wasn't ahead of of his time in this aspect so Mm. i mean it was definitely around it very much like it it wasn't new at the time but i think it just wasn't present in the mainstream as much and like i'd already heard about this kind of discourse before but Mm -hmm. it wasn't quite as popular and sure you know sort of you know this is the last question because like we are coming up pretty hefty on the time but (laughs) yeah but like you know if you're thinking about what communication is and also what the director is trying to tell us in terms of enjoying your life as it is right i mean you know i think that richard was able to do that aspect of attempting to enjoy your life and letting go really well um the message of understanding that you're trying to enjoy every day for what it is really manifests in the moment where tim has to let go of time traveling back to see his father after his death you know, and not every person has the opportunity to spend that one last moment with someone that they love dearly, um, their mm-hmm. father, mother, sibling, friend, or even another romantic uh, relationship or just a relationship that you genuinely care about. So mm-hmm. it's a kind of catharsis to see that on the big screen where Tim has that last moment where he's a child again and they get to skip rocks together. Like, it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know he has a lot of or a lot more time to make up for but the understanding is is that your past experiences really do make you who you are and he's very lucky in that sense and so really attempt to enjoy the blessings that you're given that being said with one more question about time travel do you think you'd be satisfied or you know with the idea of time travel do you think you'd be satisfied having that kind of one last moment with a person you love dearly like would it ever feel enough to you or would you always hunger for it and you just have to just come to terms with it? Like, obviously it doesn't exist, but you put yourself in that situation. What do you think? You know, I I always thought that scene was so fascinating was because, you know, for everybody else, uh, Tim's dad died, you know, however long ago. But in this moment, you know, when his new kid is born, that's for him, for Tim, that's when his dad passed away. And now he has to sort of mourn him alone, in a sense, because because everybody else had already like they had this funeral and they had their sort of mourning, right? And this the for for Tim, this is the moment where he can no longer talk to or see his dad anymore. So I thought that was really I thought that was really interesting, um, and you know something that I guess they didn't they didn't approach, but it was something that that I I I think about a lot when I when I rewatch this uh, to to answer your question in regards to. Is that one moment ever enough? I think for me, as I am as a person, you know, and and I look at this movie and I still aspire to be like how Tim is at the end of the movie, right? So for me right now, no, it, it just, it wouldn't be. It absolutely, I would always think, oh man, I wish there was more. I wish we could do this, you know, so on and so forth. It's, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll forever be, um, you know, something that I would, I would constantly go back to. Would you take that chance? Would you actually go ahead I mean, because like, wow, having to choose between a child, because like, you know, to explain to anyone who's not watched the movie, why are you watching yeah. this or why are you listening to this right now? And like this all, far yes. into the podcast, <laughs> like why? But like to explain it, it's like you have to once you because of the random luck of, you know, do I have to explain sex ed and how a baby's created? But the random chance of like these two specific cells interacting and creating this child, right? 
you that randomization is too much and then if you go past that moment in time and try to affect something that gets affected too and you end up with a new kid so essentially he has to pick between the kid or his dad but the obvious right choice is the kid yeah right and that's and so, that's how you know he's he's actually moved on and and is willing to move forward you know um mm-hmm. and you know it's 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 an obviously an analogy for uh, like moving on through life or dwelling on your memories right dwelling on your past right like the mm-hmm. the the whole time travel is really just a metaphor for you know visiting your memories and and being being stuck in the past in that sense uh we all we all do a little bit of time traveling when we're obsessing in that sense you right. mean while uh, in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh man, if I oh if I could if, if I the right thing I tell that guy off like uh, him. <laughs> the, the arguments that I've won in the shower, yeah. So many, so, so many arguments many. won. <laughs> shower arguments uh, are the best because I always win. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, I think that's that's the the danger of having this. Like if I had that opportunity of of one last moment with this person, I think that I don't know if I would take it because I think you're right. Like I would obsess too much over like, oh, you know, I have to say this now, I have to do this now, whatever. Like this is not going to be the right thing to say and do. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I would agree with you Um, mm-hmm. with my own personal experiences. Like there are people I wouldn't say the closest to me, but, you know, they were a family and. I don't think I would try to have that opportunity to have a last conversation with them, even though there's a lot I would love to say to them. Mm-hmm. It does become obsessive and I've learned to let go. So I totally, yeah, I'm with you yeah. on that one. There's just no way. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, so I'm, I'm really lucky. I haven't lost anyone in my life. Like I've had, you know, a family members, like older uncles and whatnot, but nobody that I was particularly, you know, deeply close with. So I imagine I would feel differently if, you know, I did have that person pass away who I wish I could talk to one last time, you know, have a beer with one last time or, you know, go out for dinner, whatever. Uh, so do as Tim does, right? Sorry. Yes. To to finalize my point, realistically, yeah, I probably would. Although this would be bad for me, I probably would choose to go back and have this conversation a hundred million times because of the kind of person that I am. But I hope that later in life, I strive to not make that decision. You know, I strive to make the right decision of just letting things be and moving on. You know, it's interesting, right? It's like a met, it is genuinely a metaphor for choosing to end a relationship when you know, it'll end up being toxic in the end. Hint, hint, yeah. nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I think it's, I think it's more about not dwelling on your memories, mm-hmm. right? I think it's it's more about just not dwelling on the past. Well, now we just need a movie about how going through that dwelling happens. Oh, actually, never mind. There are plenty. I just I don't know why it didn't occur to me till just now. There are plenty of them. I just got a side eye from the person next to me. Like, are you dumb? I got a side eye from the person next to me. Um, but yeah, yeah. so. No, I you know, and I like that uh, the only sort of butterfly effect aspect of this movie was the the baby thing. I think we've seen enough movies about hey, if you travel into the past, everything is going to be awful and you're going to hate your life and it's the worst. Like so the I, butterfly I kinda, effect. <laughs> very yes, very exactly that. Um, where you know he would change minor things and it would just be like so awful. Like 
Oh, that movie was just hard to watch. I just felt so bad for Aston Kutcher's character. But it was it was nice to see that this was the the rules of of the time travel were sort of very fast and loose, you know, where the it was it was soft magic. It didn't you know it didn't matter. Like the yeah. the the hard rules didn't matter so much, right? That's that's not what the movie's about. It was more Gandalf um, than uh, Avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, I just want to make a notable mention to probably my favorite interaction in that movie was just them, them going, oh, uh, hey, so my parents are coming by and you know <laughs> they like they're, they're coming by today and it's just like, OK, it's like, so are we uh, living together? Oh, definitely not. Like, are we having sex? Like, yes, but no oral. It's like, what? what? No oral. So oddly why specific. That, why would that ever come up? And it's just like, yeah, we're living together, but we're not having oral sex. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, but how about the conversation during that? Like, you know, after the creepiness of the second, the third time they meet, and then he finally get he brings her to the uh, the diner, and that whole conversation about like, it's like you know, I, I wonder if uh, prostitutes can enjoy their yeah, it's you like because I, I I always worry that prostitutes you know won't be able to enjoy you know sex after they stop working. It's like you always worry? always think like, about like, like you I, always I some, think about this. I like I sometimes worry. It's like oh well, if you always worry, that would be a problem. How many you know prostitutes have you interviewed? Like you know, just that their interaction was so like she was she was out for blood. She was out for yeah, blood after that comment. So it's like oh, oh yeah. it's like being told like oh what do you do for work? Oh I breathe. It's like all right. Smart ass. What do you, you know, do for work? <laughs> so you know what's funny? I I thought that he was complimenting her when he was saying that. Like, oh, it's so wonderful. No. Like you get to just like I he was poking. I, yeah, I see. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't quite. Um. Yeah, I can. I can see that. I saw that now. But in the first viewing, I thought it was kind of like he's he was sort of like that's the most amazing thing in the world. Like I wish I could just you know read for for a living, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's um, British humor. It's so dry. Yeah, that's true. It's it is true. Oh, man. Which is also why I love this movie because it's a British movie and it has British humor. It's wonderful. You could have picked The World's End. No, I'm joking. That's, <laughs> That's my. True. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah. So we are coming up on a long recording, and I think we've covered everything. You think? I I think so. I mean, I yeah yeah I think so. I'd say so. Mm-hmm. All right. So you know that being said. Uh, just one more time. Thanks. Seriously. Thanks for coming on to the podcast and having this chat. Like I knew it was very vulnerable for you to be picking this movie. I was kind of hoping you'd pick the matrix, but you were like, no, let's do about time. I'm like, oh, God damn, here we go. <laughs> the thing with the thing with matrix is that, I mean, I feel like I can't say anything about that movie that hasn't already been said. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there are podcasts about, about time as well, but, or, but well, it's about time. They are. So, uh, uh, see, I, uh, yeah, I went through the whole podcast uh, without making that joke. You uh, have I did <laughs> no it. idea. <laughs> <laughs> After that whole pun introduction, too. Oh, God. But, I, yeah. I worked really hard to not make that joke this entire time. Well, too bad it's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, okay. honestly, thank you. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, is there... Anything you want to share with everyone? You know, something you've been doing recently? Anything that you're doing online? Something like that? No, no, nothing, nothing. I mean, I, I don't have a, I don't exactly have a presence online because I can't stand social media. But thanks so much for having me. This was really fun, man. I would like to, you know, if you want me to do this again sometime for something else, that'd be that'd be great. This cool. Was, don't pick a rom com. 
<laughs> no promises. Uh, this was, yeah, this was really fun. Anyway, Fahad, I think it's about time that we cut it off. So it's been Vaughn and Fahad. And this was the mash cut. So cut. <laughs>